Swing and a drive! Welcome to Red, White, and Blue Jays, the podcast home of Blue Jays Fans UK, a group connecting Blue Jays fans around the UK and beyond and telling their stories. And now, here's the host of Red, White, and Blue Jays, Steve Hunter. Okay, guys, sorry about that highly professional outfit that we are here in the uk if you really want to listen to a really great podcast then please go and find the walk-off podcast because they know exactly what they're doing <laughs> no and, uh we do we do our sound checks about halfway through every show yeah. so <laughs> you caught it a lot quicker than we would have well hopefully that has uh, resolved the problem uh many apologies about that let's uh very quickly just because we're going to run out of time otherwise Adam and Scott, great to have you again. Uh, thanks yes. so much for, for joining us. Um, as we said a little bit earlier, you guys are very happy because it was the ice hockey results over the weekend. Um, yes. Br- brilliant stuff for, for you guys. Now, you said it's two o'clock your time. I hadn't realized quite how early in the afternoon uh, you are compared to the East this, Coast. You're well over, aren't you? This is perfect for us. In yeah. afternoon, it's a, it's a comedian's most wide open range of time, really. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, totally. Well, great to have you with us and uh, looking forward to getting some of your insights. Um, Mark, great to have you back from your little tour around the UK. Uh, you had a good holiday? Yeah, it was great. Lots of, lots of pubs. Very Pretty good. Much, uh, we took our family back here and saw Blue Jays game, CN Tower, all, everything. It was a lot of fun. Very nice. And it was great to, to meet you in person. And uh, yeah, George yeah, Springer is sitting on my shelf behind me. So I'm very grateful for that. Uh, Elizabeth, welcome, welcome back. Busy, busy lady down at Rogers Centre normally, uh, but taking the night off tonight because in fact, you're packing your bags, aren't you? Because you're just about to go on a nice sunny holiday. Yes, I'm going on to visit family in Florida tomorrow. So I thought I would take the opportunity to get ready for my trip tonight and actually no i just took the night off specifically for this so yes. i could be here to talk with you fine folks <laughs> fantastic and, and more in the leaf class. yeah 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 we won't talk about the leaves because uh yeah that would just depress everybody too quickly david welcome uh great to have you uh as i said a little bit earlier we are outnumbered by the canadians tonight great to have the scottish contingent with us as normal how are you sir Doing very well, thank you. Yes, um, yeah, had a good week. My football team have qualified for European football. Ah, very good. The mighty Motherwell. So, yeah, that's made my week. Ah, excellent. I hadn't picked that up. Yeah, no, very, very good. Um, and Daniel, welcome. How are you, sir? How's uh, school life? School is good. We're uh, we're two weeks away from the next holiday. The sun's out. Um, kids are enjoying just getting on the field. It's the magical time at school when you're allowed on the field instead of just the playground. Uh, break time or lunchtime, everything spreads out, everything's more relaxed. So, yeah, good times. Brilliant. Well, it's great to have a full house tonight. This is the fullest I think we've been on, on, on one of these. This is almost equaling the walk-off podcast and what they do every week. Uh, so it's great to have seven of us um, uh, to this evening. I think the place that I wanted to start was, uh, sadly, the, 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 the Jays news is not as buoyant as perhaps having seven people on the pod all at one go would suggest it should be. Um, have we pressed the panic button yet? Scott, let's start with you. Okay, so as 
an older baseball fan who has been through 162 game seasons many, many, many years, I wouldn't say that I've hit the panic button. I mean, has this been concerning? Absolutely. Especially the lack of clutch hitting that has taken place in the in, really since the beginning of the season. We have yet to really see these bats break out like we kind of expected them to be. The pitching has been phenomenal, though. Like, there's been a few dark spots on this season, and guys like Kikuchi and Ryu, their last outings were really good. I feel like the bullpen, despite the fact that maybe they're only ranked around 20th in baseball, have been adequate. They had a good April. You can't really put what's going on with the Blue Jays on the bullpen or the starting staff. This is based solely on the iciest, coldest bats I can remember. Yeah. <laughs> so do we panic? No, but this is what's frustrating about baseball is that we're right now sitting, what is it, May 16th? It's May 16th. Like, this front office isn't going to be able to go out and make a trade or bring in reinforcements, especially with expanded playoffs going on now and more teams being in it for longer until probably at least July. Mm. So this has to be figured out inside of the Blue Jays organization. The switch up in the, in the batting order was nice to see because at that point, you're almost like, shaking things up to shake things up, right? Like, you know these guys are going to find it. But can you just keep running them out there and watching yeah. the same problems? So at least Charlie's trying something. Yeah. I don't know. I wouldn't even be surprised if this continues over the next week or two if we see something kind of drastic done like a Samad Taylor called up or maybe a call up to try and inject a little bit of enthusiasm. But mm. no, I'm close to panicking. Give me another two weeks of this and we can rediscuss. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's, let's jump around the screen. Uh, Daniel, what are you feeling uh, I, it's not, I haven't pressed the panic button. I pressed the bemusement button, really. <laughs> I think, I mean, we've still got a winning record. We've we've still come through a lot of tough games. No one's absolutely hammered us. And we're not sitting here think, thinking, crikey, we're playing our best and we're doing all we can and we're still not winning. We know where the weaknesses are and we know that there's room for improvement. And we know that there are players with track records that are going to come through and do great things at some point. And it's still in our own hands. We've still got loads of games left against you know our, our opposition it's just it's frustrating and it's bemusing but I suppose apart from Guardians there aren't that many series that we would have expected to win necessarily we would have wanted to be competitive um, but we've played some really tough teams and maybe that's the frustration that coming out of that out of the Astros and the Yankees and the Red Sox we thought maybe we'd be able to kick on and do a bit more but mm. it's still early just you know slightly baffled but not panicked good Elizabeth, what's it like being down at the Rogers Centre on a regular basis and getting the feel of what's happening in the ballpark? Well, there's still lots of optimism down there. I mean, their last, I, I think the, the worst of their bats was the last road trip. So it's hard to say how that will relay to how people are feeling down there tonight and whether they will see a decrease because of how in a, a decrease in attendance because of how the team has been doing, or if there will be an increase because now people don't have lease games to watch anymore. I don't really know, but <laughs> yeah. I'm not pressing any panic button because like, we're not the Boston Red Sox. We're still doing fine. Everybody before the season even started was talking about how difficult the Blue Jays 
schedule was to start the season, how we had all of these games against all of these teams that we knew were going to be really good. And people were talking about, you know, if we can just get through this at 500, even Mm -hmm. that'll be good. And we're right around that mark. I think there's, you know, it, it is going to come around. Is it frustrating to watch? Sure. Not as frustrating for us as I'm sure it is for the guys who are at the plate, but I don't expect this to last by any stretch of the imagination. The thing is, any team is going to go through slumps in a 162-game season. There are going to be stretches where the bats go cold. There's going to be stretches where the pitching all of a sudden can't keep it together. It's just magnified more because it's so early in the season. And it's also magnified more because everybody's been talking for the past few years about watch out for the Yankees when both Judge and Stanton are going and they're both healthy at the same time. And that's exactly what's happening now. And the Yankees are just tearing the cover off of everything, which makes things seem even worse for us, but they're still. Sure. And when they play in a minor league ballpark, it makes it nice. and easy. (laughs) (laughs) That didn't take you long. (laughs) (laughs) Adam, what's the, uh, what's the blue Jays temperature in Edmonton? Uh, well, I mean, I'm really trying to talk myself out of panicking. Stay calm. I'm reminding myself. Um, I mean, we're still at the point, like Elizabeth said, we we knew going into the, the season that this was going to be a meat grinder off the top. I think we all told ourselves at the start of April, if we get to, let's say, May 16th and we're around 500 and healthy, we're going to be happy with that, right? Now, because we started off kind Turns of good. Turns out we, we lied won. to ourselves. We're not yeah, happy because, at well, all with that. <laughs> we started good and we won a bunch of series in a row. So it felt like, okay, we are better than we thought we were. You know, we had some struggles. But, like, honestly, the injuries that we have had, everybody's kind of back from. Jansen's back. Ty Oscar's back, right? Like, that affected our ability to win some games. Even George Springer hurt his ankle the other day. Looks like that's not going to be anything too serious so i mean if we're in mid-may we're around 500 we haven't had any like season-ending injuries to any of our key pieces Uh, we got to call that a win uh but looking ahead like the next 15 games the schedule really like starts to soften up it's still a hard schedule um but if we can weather the storm of that into june we have i mean twins royals tigers and orioles that's a 13 game stretch where we, even if we're struggling, should be able to win at least 10 or 11 of those games uh, before we face the Yankees again on June 17th. So for me, I'm going to avoid panicking until uh, June 17th against the Yankees. But if we can go like around 500 for the next two weeks and then stomp on some bad teams, we, we should be in a good position. And hopefully our bats have come alive by then. Yeah. Mark, do, do you feel that uh, the expectation was so high at the beginning of the season that we had always teed this up to fail, as it were, because we all thought this, you know, this is the strongest offense from one to nine. We're just going to roll this over. And now suddenly, actually, it's not quite clicking. Do, do you feel we've, you know, as, as fans, we've set it up to, to fail or do you think this is just reality oh. where we're at? I don't think the expectations were really that bad. It's just now that they're not hitting, it obviously looks a lot worse, but we all know that the offense is probably the strong point of the team. That's, I can't imagine this keeps up for too long. I, I'm surprised it's been this long, to be honest. But uh, 
I, I'm with the, everybody else. I'm not really in panic mode right now. I'm kind of, it's a bit frustrating, but I think it's a little too early to panic. I think if we had the same, everybody's saying if we were 500 in middle of May, then we'd all be happy with the, the schedule yeah. we have. I think the frustrating bit is that two weeks ago, we were like eight or eight games above 500. Yeah. And everybody thought we were like the best team in the world. We're not even playing well. We're eight games above 500 and we're playing great teams. And then we went on this, this skid and now we're kind of where I think a lot of people would have been happy with being at this point at the beginning of the year, but we're all pissed off because the last two weeks have been far below what we we've been seeing at the beginning of the year. Yeah, so maybe it would have been a fun team to watch either. It was right? more like, no, they oh, well, we won some, we lost some. Now we're at 500 instead of we won all the games and then we lost all the games. Yeah. They're staying in every game too. They're, they're in every, well, most games they're in them and they're not hitting. And then you get like Chapman who never makes an error. Elmer, Elmer, eh, yeah. Airmail went over, over Vladdy's head. It's just these are the types of frustrations that I think everybody's seeing right now because just nothing's going right. And that's a great example of what Mark just said there of a, a play that is so disheartening to fans because Matt Chapman has been just a vacuum at third base. He makes that error, and all of a sudden it's 2 nothing. And as a fan, you're like, 2 nothing. Well, there's no way the Jays can come back from that, which is ridiculous, yeah. right? Like that, that's right. where we're at right now with how cold the bats are. 2 nothing seems insurmountable <laughs> yeah and i think it's even more frustrating that that was he made two errors in that game too you are talking about yeah. that gold glover who never makes an error at all and all of a sudden he makes two in the same game and you're like okay it's bad enough that you're not hitting at all but now you've got guys not being able to make routine plays that they should be able to make like that like what's going on in their heads yeah david but what's uh what's your thoughts of the uh panic button are you are you sensing any nervousness in your your mind i don't even know what a panic button is we'll be fine <laughs> it's extremely frustrating though extremely frustrating and especially when the the starting pitching generally has been really good but i think that's the other thing like Liz was talking about the yankees hitting and stuff like this like their pitching has been unreal as well and that's all i think that's the point that a lot of us thought that's where they're weak and that's not where they're weak. So, <laughs> yeah, it's frustrating. Like, looking down the numbers, though, like, I feel like almost everyone's slumping at the plate. I would say Guerrero's okay. It's not bad, don't get me wrong, but it's not Guerrero. It's not his numbers. Espinal, good. Danny Jansen, small sample size, but amazing. And then aside <laughs> from that, I look down and I'm like... Is anyone else doing well? Not really. They're all slumping at the same time. I think hopefully we're going to turn this around in the next week or two and then they're going to be on an absolute tear because they're all going to be hitting form at the same sort of time. Mm. Hopefully. hopefully. When the Did team they, collectively when is this cold... Oh, sorry, Elizabeth, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just saying that when the team is collectively this cold, it makes everything so much more apparent. You know, like when you watch Matt Chapman make that error, it just feels so much bigger because because everyone else is slumping, you know, and it's starting to bleed onto the other end. And by that, I mean, like, I think defensively, Matt Chapman made a mistake because literally they're all so tight at the plate, right? Like, they're all gripping the bat. They're all a little ahead of the pitch. Their timing's all off. 
And that's where it gets frustrating is when you start to watch errors bleed onto the defensive side because guys are just not having fun anymore. It's not fun to lose like this, right? And mm. the Blue Jays are one of the most fun teams in the league to watch, have fun, and joke around. And you don't see that energy like you did three weeks ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good point because I, I was listening to Blaine Barker a couple of days ago and um, somebody was calling in about whether the, the Jays are not serious enough or not professional enough uh, because of all the you know the shenanigans that goes on in the dugout and 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 so on but i think that's just the heartbeat of this team that 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 is who they are that's how they celebrate that's how they bring energy to one another um apart from rymal tapia which elizabeth is always watching out for his uh, celebrations but um in terms of the camaraderie i think that that, that is part of who we are as a, as a as a ball club but i think they're all so conscious at the moment of everybody is slumping all at the same time. And I think previously we've seen it where one or two have been just not on form and the rest of the guys have carried them through, but it now feels like everybody's struggling a bit in some way or another, whether it be some defensive players, whether it be uh, in uh, batting. And I think because of that, that is just, we're looking at it with a microscope. But no, when Dave sure. said that everybody is slumping at the same time, I actually thought that he meant everybody in like the major leagues, because if you look at the stats across the board, yes, the Blue Jays are definitely struggling. I'd say it's more so with runners in scoring position, though, but like batting average across the league is down. Sure, there are some guys who are just absolutely mashing, but overall teams on a whole are just like Matt Chapman that all of the Blue Jays fans are complaining about being this black hole in our lineup that he doesn't get on base and is striking out way too much is actually a league average hitter this year. Oh yeah. Marcus Simeon who hit 45 home runs for us last year, hasn't hit a single home run yet in Texas this season. And in fact, last week had one hit the entire week. He had a double yesterday and that was his first hit since the previous Sunday. And I know because he's on my fantasy team. <laughs> even the guys, even the guys who are mashing, if you look at the OPS leaders currently, the guys who are mashing, it's still below their their career averages, right? Like the top guys, even though they're still continuing to produce, their production is down in comparison. Mm. So I mean, we've we talked about this on the walk-off lots about the dead ball and the fact that offense is so down and that isn't it wild that in a sport called baseball that the biggest problem is the actual baseballs? It is insane. But it's May 15th and they still haven't figured it out. So yeah. we'll see. Well, let, let's run down that one because I've got that on my list to talk about uh, in terms of what's happening with the baseballs. Daniel, what's your take on this? Because we've seen this in sport before where – balls of all sorts of description I remember in the NFL a few years ago um there was a, a you know claim against the Patriots in terms of what they had done with the ball in a particular game what, what's your view on, on yeah the, we have it in, in cricket that we need you know that you need the ball to swing to be effective and a bad batch of balls where it doesn't swing suddenly makes it a much easier game for the batsman and I think at first you think it's probably an excuse you know that you're looking for any reason that you're not winning but it's not just the Jays is it you know, it's, it's it's a widespread issue. Loads of people are mentioning it. And it's entirely possible that there's just a rogue batch out there. But the fact that it hasn't been addressed yet in a billion dollar industry 
and they haven't been able to just recall everything and, and reset and go again is embarrassing, really, because you want it to be a true test of the best pitches and the best bats. You don't want anything like the quality of the ball to interfere with that. And I think they've got to sort that out pretty soon. But, you know, it's it's the same for everyone, though. So although it's a reason, it's, you know, not the only reason that the bats are cold, mm. but it doesn't help. Yeah. I mean, there does seem to be uh, a problem between the balls that they're using for batting practice, which, as I understand it, are the previous season's main game balls. I think that's what happens, that they then pull them into, you know, into a bucket for the for the following year for, for hitting batting practice. And the guys are tonking those out, no problem. And then, of course, come to the game. It sounds like it's going to go and then it's it's falling short. Dave, what, what do you feel about the uh, the baseball conundrum? Yeah, the, the pitchers are talking about it as well, though. That's the thing. It's not. It's impressive that everyone's unhappy with it. <laughs> like Manoa was talking about it, was he not saying they're really inconsistent and the seams and some are really pronounced and all that? And he's someone that's playing well and he's complaining about it. So that that for me is a better guide because it's easy, as we're saying, to to blame the ball when you're not playing well, but when you're playing well and you're still blaming the ball. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely something wrong there, but at the, I mean, at the end of the day, it's, it is the same for every team. Yeah, we've just got to deal with it. But yeah, but just I don't know. Yeah, that's it. Okay, offense then. Oh, I was just going to ask Mark, and he's just walked out the room, so that's uh, and and shut the door on us. How rude! There we go, <laughs> Adam. We'll, we'll go to you. So yeah. offense, what's our problem? Who who's to who's the finger being pointed at here? Is it is it Dante Bajet because he left us in the off season because <laughs> yeah, uh, or is it what what what's the issue with the uh, the offense uh well i mean elizabeth touched on it when talking about matt chapman uh as bad as he's been being a, a league average hitter he's definitely still below league average like he's hitting well under 200 right now and across the mlb as of today the league batting average is 234 I don't want to panic on anybody until baseball fixes whatever's going on with their balls, and then we can reevaluate. Same thing goes with pitchers. I mean, we talked about Alec Manoa, can't get a grip on the ball. One ball to the next is different. How do you get in a rhythm with that, right? Baseball needs to fix its baseballs. Just pulling up league batting averages. I know a batting average isn't a perfect stat, but for simplicity's sake, I think this exemplifies how broken balls are right now. So currently, League batting average, again, small sample size of a short season, but it's currently at 234. Mm. For most of the last 10 years, dating back to 2010, league batting average has been over 250. Um, the last time it was under 240 was 1967, and it was only 237. Uh, the only other time before that was 1908. The league batting average was 239. And here it is this year at 234. So like and the baseballs called, are broken. They called, right 19, now. they called 1908 the dead ball era. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Right. So <laughs> something needs to be addressed. I, I don't I don't know. I mean, everybody's hitting with the same balls, right? So it was pointed out to me today, like, hey, the Yankees are still hitting home runs. And that's true, but like home run rate is down across the league for everybody. I, I don't the Yankees are I can't really hold it against anybody while everybody's struggling, right? Well, this is kind of an interesting stat that we're we were very lucky to have 
uh, friend of the show, Hey Kami on TikTok. So Joel is his name. And he literally was one of the guys on TikTok that kind of brought the sticky stuff to light last year. He's got 100,000 plus followers and is well established in the baseball community. And he was talking about the average distance that baseballs have gone and that they're down by 30 feet. And think about how much 30 feet is. So even in that series against New York, where we watched Toronto take balls deep to the warning track, probably half a dozen times, those were all home runs last year. And mm. the, the Jays are a team that are based and built around the home run ball. So when all of a sudden you take their biggest weapon away from them, of course they're going to struggle and they're not alone. Look at the Chicago White Sox. That's another team that's really built around the home run and they've struggled this year and it's up and down the league. So I cannot stress what Adam said enough, right? Of like, I don't think this front office or the fans in general should panic about the Blue Jays over the next few years until the baseballs are fixed until that is addressed and that is worked out and it's going to be MLB is going to work it out but in true MLB fashion they're going to wait another two months before they even acknowledge there's a problem then they're going to overreact they're going to change things mid-season everyone's going to be up in arms because baseball never does things the right way <laughs> so does anybody know actually what's happened to the baseball over over the off season are they manufacturing it differently is 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 some different material it's being used. So many factors. Okay. Um, I mean, to list a few, like, yes, baseball is manufacturing their own baseballs instead of having them provided for them. Uh, I think they bought Rawlings a few years yeah. ago, and that's that's been one change. Uh, they've implemented a humidor uh, across all stadiums. So that used to be something they only had in Colorado, and that was just to compensate for the high altitude and the unfair advantage of balls yep. traveling further there. But now that's across the league. And it seems like part of that is the humidors aren't quite maybe dialed in because mm. some balls are reacting to this humidor differently, as Alec Manoa talked about. I mean, we don't have to go at length about that. Well, um, you maybe don't I, even need humidors year round in some of the places where it's not humid yet. Yeah. Well, I, I don't think we need a humidor anywhere ever i don't think we need an absolutely like home field advantage is a thing let's just admit like you know that's one of the beautiful things about baseball is that you have a home park advantage unlike any other sport right the outfield wall a team just makes up whatever the heck they want right <laughs> yeah. like the diamond is the same but after that like even like where the dirt versus the grass ends in each ballpark how big of a foul territory you get if you play in a higher altitude or in a drier place or whatever, your balls are going to travel differently. I don't think we need to try and tinker to make that particular aspect the same. I don't know. Like MLB's big goal to start 2022 was to get rid of the inconsistencies in the ball, which is hilarious because they're the most inconsistent they have ever been now. Mm -hmm. And baseball does this all the time, right? They'll make a little rule change not really think too much into how this is going to affect everything ripple-wise, and then all of a sudden they need to make a huge recorrection, right? Because that's the big complaint, is that the humidors are reacting to these new balls differently in every place that they're, you know, at every place they're putting them. So it's actually making the ball more inconsistent. Yeah. Well, and this, this is where, like, we can make the ball consistent. We don't have to make the performance of the ball consistent. Right, like make the ball the same, 
wherever it, it's going to be used, it might perform differently. But that's what they're trying to over tinker with, I think, is they're trying yeah. to have every ball fly the same way in every location, regardless of weather, regardless of anyways, sorry, I could go on and on about weather adjusted stats. <laughs> We've, we've we've got your your niche point there, Adam. I think in terms of uh, your in depth analysis of what's going, I'm just looking at it and thinking they're not working the same as last year, and I don't know why. And uh, yeah, no, it's really interesting to to get that. Mark, one of the, the the biggest stats that keeps getting kicked around is the runners in scoring position. Is that related to baseballs, or is that just related to we are not performing in that clutch situation? What would you put that down to? I, I think that's, I mean, they're just not hitting well overall. I, I don't personally read too much into like these stats that are like runners in scoring, scoring position or like how well you're hitting in like the seventh inning and beyond or in clutch situations. I just think you're either hitting well or you're not. If, uh, if you're hitting, if you have a 300 average and you're only 120 with runners in scoring position, I just think that's a bit of a bit of a fluke. It's kind of I'm not really personally worried about the runners in scoring position. I think once they start hitting, everything's just going to come together all at the same time. Got, you've got to expect that sort of thing's just going to exaggerate any problem. Like if you're up there feeling anxious at the base of the times because you're not hitting True. well, and then you've got a chance to bring someone in, you're going to be a wee bit more tense, aren't you? And from my ex- extensive experience playing baseball, like. Zero times. <laughs> oh, you don't need to admit it on here, David. That's that's actually fair. <laughs> um, well, we got any comments on YouTube? Um, I can't see that at the moment because of all the shenanigans we've had this evening. Uh, any uh, any thoughts that are coming through on um, those listening in? Um, Luke is saying, I get that we're built around the home run ball, but I think these players are paid millions and should be able to adjust, just like being able to hit out of a shift. Well, Matt Chapman hit hit a ball at Yankee Stadium that went about 380 feet for a flyout. Yeah, um, I mean we're seeing it all across. Hit a 313 foot home run. Yes, and hit a 325 home run. So yeah. I think there is a I mean, little bit. I keep of seeing it. these hilarious highlights all across the league of guys who are just crushing the ball, throwing a, a, a bat flip off into the towards the dugout, and then only to watch the center fielder settle under it. Like uh, Jock Peterson was a hilarious one the other day where he just thought he absolutely crushed this ball, but they're not going out. No, and I don't know if uh, if uh, anybody here follows the um, the Twitter account Would It Dong. Which is not only a hilarious Twitter handle, but it's a really fun account, which shows like anytime there is a ball hit that that goes far enough that it would have been a home run somewhere, they post the stats, whether it was a home run in that park or not. Sometimes it's just a fly out. Sometimes it's a double. Sometimes it's a triple. But it'll say this is how far it was hit. This is how many ballparks it would have been a home run in. And the number of balls that are getting hit that are just like fly out. And this would have been a home run in, you know, 27 other None other. (laughs) You get the occasional one, you get, you get the occasional good one where it's like this, this was a home run and this is the only ballpark it would have been a home run in. But then you get the other ones that are hit and it said, this would have been a home run in 29 other ballparks. And that player happened to hit it in the one ballpark it's not. And he got out. 
enough. Yeah. But it's a super it's like good. That, it's blow it's like that that Stanton home run that kind of buried the Jays in that uh, Yankee series. It was yeah. only a home run in Yankee Stadium. One out of yeah. one out of thirty stadiums, and it's the one they're playing in. So yeah. you see Teoscar on that home run, just standing there Yankee waiting. Yeah. But we but we have that short porch as well. Like the Blue Jays no, could have just sure. as easily hit a home run into that short porch the, too. This so. is where that home field advantage, I think, comes into play. Like if you have a short porch in right field and you build a team of hitters who are able to hit 315 foot shots to right field, like that's the advantage, right? Whereas the Jays aren't specifically built to hit the ball that way. So it's mm. it's not a, a bull thing or anything like that. And and I I don't know the answer, but I wonder who the sort of the grizzled, gnarly old veteran is who, when our young team are going through a, a difficult patch, is able to just pass on their experience. They've been there before, say it's not going to last, it's going to turn around. I wonder who the, the calm head is, because you hear a lot about like the clubhouse leaders, people like Vladdy and so on, who are, and when things are going well and when it's all exuberant and so on, that's brilliant. But I know we're not certainly not mi- missing Marcus Simeon's runs because he's not getting any. But they would talk a lot last year about, you know, people would just sit around and listen to him talk about the game and because he'd been through it. And I don't know if if Matt Chapman, I don't want to pick on him because we mentioned him a lot, is that sort of person. But I wonder with a young team, if you need that, I wonder who in the coaching staff is stepping forward and doing it. But just a couple of players just to say, look, it's going to be fine. And just Where's provide that, that reassurance. Where's Dexter been Fowler when you need him? George Springer's been doing that. The George yeah. Springer, all yeah. the, like, yeah. the players only meeting, and he's been talking to the guys because George Springer has been there and he was MVP of the World Series. So, mm. I mean, he's so sorry. The I just want to, I just want, I love this, and everyone is making great points. I've got to go, but I just want to say, uh, go Jays. And Steve, thank you so much for having me. My apologies that I'm a little tight on time, but. Hopefully Scott. we do this again and we will. Yes, we will do it. We will do it a bit more smoothly next time. Uh, so we don't waste 10 minutes of your time on a tight <laughs> afternoon, but really appreciate you coming on, Scott. Been great to catch up again. We'll, we will speak soon, but uh, see you soon, my friend. Yep. Take care. I look forward to it. Thanks, All Scott. the best, everybody. Thanks, Scott. Cheers. Cheers. Scott. Thanks, Scott. Yeah. Very just, good. Sorry. Just while um, we've got a pause, this is slightly different, but I think I found what's going to break our slump here. The roof will be open tonight. Is it? Uh, yeah. Is it the first uh, one of the season? Yeah. I think maybe. As far as I remember, yeah. yeah. That's yes, what we needed. It's the well, I also noticed that when we, we started slumping about the time Danny Jansen got hurt, then he came back the other day and we scored five or six runs. And then he was off oh, yesterday. We won that game and then maybe he Danny Jansen's the key to the Jansen could be the linchpin to the offense. Who knows? Yeah. We and also started slumping as soon that. as it was announced we weren't going to do a show last week. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe just by virtue of being live streamed right now, we're uh, we're going to sort things out. Totally, it's all down to us. Absolutely, absolutely right. Um, okay, well let's uh, let, let's move on. The return of Tioska, Ryu, and Jans we sort of mentioned in passing. Uh, let's uh, let's take Ryu because I think probably. Out of the, the, the three games uh, that we've just played, Ryu is probably the one that we thought we may not get, but actually is the one that ends up being the winning game. How did you feel, Mark? I'm going to start with you. How did you feel Ryu's re-entry into the team went? Uh, the first at-bat, I put my head down and I thought, oh, no. Because <laughs> yeah. he, he hit the home run to, to right field. Yeah. But 
after that, we saw the old Ryu back. It was nice to see. I haven't seen Ryu pitch that well since like last June or July, probably. So it was refreshing. Velocity was up on his fastball too. Yeah, it was. Yeah, he looked really good. Very good. And in the first few games, he'd he'd maybe pitched two or three good innings and then he'd really tailed off, hadn't he? Obviously with the injury and tired. So watching him get into the fourth and fifth innings and keep going strong was really encouraging. That was great. Mm. Absolutely. Elizabeth, what what was your your take on Mr. Ryu? Are you pleased to see him back in the rotation? Is is he been one of the key components we've been missing? Or yeah, I think it's really encouraging to see him back. Now I can't for the life of me remember. Did he go on? Did he go on the IL after Danny Jansen? Like, did he do yes. any start? Yeah, Danny was the first. Uh, uh, Danny was the first one out, wasn't he? I think, and yeah. then then. Tioska because I feel Ryu. like that's a really key piece for Ryu too I think I feel like he works really Danny well too. with Danny Jansen and as soon as you mm. put someone else behind the plate with Ryu it just kind of throws him off and it never seems to go quite as smoothly mm. so I think having both Ryu and Jansen back and being able to keep them both out there together yep. will be really good but if you think about it if Kikuchi can stay on the path that he's been going on his last couple of starts. That might actually make Ryu our fifth starter. If you look at the rotation and how people have been going, because like Kevin Gosman's making everybody forget about Robbie Ray. Yeah. Especially mm-hmm. the way, way Robbie Ray's been pitching this season, too. Yeah. Then you got Barrios, Manoa. And then Kikuchi Ryu or Ryu Kikuchi. I mean, and you, you need a few more starts from Kikuchi to see if he can kind of hold where he's been at. But it's been really encouraging. Like the last outing, he pitched really well. His stat line doesn't look so good because it was the bullpen that gave up the home run. But it was his runners that were on base. Mm-hmm. So it inflates his ERA a little bit because they were charged to him. But he wasn't the one who actually gave up the home run. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Adam, what's your what's your take on Ryu coming back in? Well, we this team like needs good performances out of Ryu. Uh, that game against Tampa was certainly encouraging. Uh, like Mark said, I was pretty nervous after that first batter gave up the home run. I thought, oh, here we go again. Yeah. You know, uh, but no, he settled in nicely. Uh, definitely need to see more from him before I say like I'm I'm confident in his starts. Uh, we were just having this talk the other day, and as far as a, a comparison to Kikuchi when it comes to confidence, like Elizabeth was saying, right now uh, I probably would have more confidence in Kikuchi. I mean, he's had some shaky starts too, but his last two have looked great. Yeah. Um, so when I look ahead at the schedule and I'm looking at you know projected pitchers to get the start, uh, I feel more confident in our abilities to get a win with Kikuchi taking the ball than with Ryu. Mm. And I think that's that's probably a fair comment that where we were at the beginning of the season, we you know really thought Kikuchi was down at number five and probably quite way behind at number five. But as things have transpired, I think he has yeah he's definitely performed well in the last two. Uh, Dave, what about Ross Stripling? Where do you see his role now? Because they were running a six man rotation when Rio was still pitching, just because they felt he needed the extra day. Don't think that's going to be reintroduced. What does Ross Stripling do now? Uh, I think 
I don't know, he could end up being a swingman. I think the odds start here and there if someone's needing an extra day or if they've just got a a heavy schedule again without a day off. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think we're in a good. It's a good problem to have. Like, when was the last time mm-hmm. we had an issue like this where we're thinking, what are we going to do with this guy? Do you know, it was always just like he's he's not really good enough. He's just filling in. And you go back to doing what he does. Do you know? But yeah, that like our offense has been as the as the thing that we've that we've been really really good with the last couple of years, and now we've got this amazing pitching coming in as well. It's a great problem and. Obviously, the goal is you make the postseason, and then realistically, you're choosing between Kikuchi and Ryu. You're not going to, well, I'm not saying you're not going to take them both. You're not going to take them both in the rotation. So, yeah, I think I think we're in a great position, and mm. I'm not sure exactly what Stripling will do, but it's not a concern in the nicest way possible. We'll just, yeah. yeah. Well, I think they optioned Trent Thornton back Trent, to They Buffalo. did option Trent Thornton. Yeah. So yeah. Stripling will go and be the long man in the bullpen because normally that's Thornton, but then they'll just, I imagine that they'll just have Stripling there to be in, just in case somebody blows up and they need a bunch of innings from the bullpen. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that, that'll be such a valuable role to have too because I, I do think, and uh, I don't remember if it was Elizabeth or Daniel who mentioned it, uh, but Kikuchi, his last outing, looked great and then got pulled out with runners on bullpen gives up the home run. And that's kind of been a, not necessarily a running trend with this team lately, but we have seen it on a few occasions where we've left Gossman in for the extra inning, right? Like he's pitched seven shutout innings or he's pitched eight shutout innings. And we're like, well, let's keep them going because there is value in like, well, our, our bullpen is run down. We need to give them the night off. So if we can get eight out of Gossman, great when probably he should have been pulled. Um, but now in a situation where we do have Stripling who can eat up those innings and help help uh, keep our bullpen fresh, hopefully we don't have to push Gossman more than he's able to give us on a given night, push Kikuchi further than, you know, if we have five innings of one run ball from Kikuchi, we should not be pushing him for a sixth and getting greedy, right? Like we should be handing off to the bullpen and being glad that we, you know, we're only down one nothing or whatever the case may be. Yeah. So I think Stripling's value as a long man out of the bullpen, we're going to see kind of in indirect ways really benefit the top end of our starting rotation. Yeah. And, and the bullpen is, is stronger obviously this year than it was last year. I think, you know, last year when the starting pitches were coming out early and you think, Oh, good grief. We've got to get through this whole game with this mm-hmm. bullpen. And what is that going to look like? By the end, where at least this this time round, the bullpen on on the whole have have performed really well. I mean, I haven't heard much about Nate Pearson recently in terms of his uh, rehabilitation. Uh, anybody caught up on any Nate Pearson news recently, and how he's doing? I don't know if he's actually pitching in any active games down there, but I know he's he is thrown, and sounds like they're just trying to build him up. Yeah, but he would again be another good long reliever, wouldn't he? Mm-hmm. Out in bullpen when when he comes back in and, and hopefully we see something of him that uh, that we've all been waiting for and, and hoping for f- from him. Okay, let's just um, as we're sort of coming slightly to a close, just sort of widen our view in terms of the AL East. Daniel, we're seven and a half games back on the Yankees, who are looking pretty in formidable form at the moment. 
is this where you'd expect us to be at this point in time? Is seven and a half games starting to feel like mm, that's quite a gap? No, not not yet. And also, I mean, you, you've got to get the Yankees have played really well. You know, they're they're hitting really well. Their pitching's really good, but they've they've mugged off the Orioles for a lot of their wins. Yeah. So it's not just looking at who we've played and how tight that's been. It's looking at who they've played as well. And they've been brilliant, but they're not going to be brilliant all season. And they're going to have their struggles and they're going to have, you know, people on podcasts worrying when wondering when they should hit the panic button as well, because they're going to fall off because that's sport. So I'm not, I'm not overly concerned. I, I'd still, you know, I think as Adam said, when we, is it 17th of June? I'd like yeah, to be June in a slightly 17th. stronger position when we play them again and maybe in a position to claw back level with them. Yeah. You know, if we do really well in that series, that would be fantastic. But seven and a half games this early on in the season is uh, is all right. Yeah. Yeah, Mark, what's your what's your look on the uh, air lease at the moment? It, it, I mean, it looks it isn't quite the shape that we perhaps thought it would be at this point in time, particularly with the Red Sox, obviously where they are. Um, I think yeah. that's that's probably the the big news out of the air lease. Um, but in terms of the Yankees, yeah, have the Yankees surprised you how strong they are? Absolutely, they they're way stronger than I thought. I, I don't know if like they're this good. They're actually they're better than I thought they were. But I always thought they were – I thought the Jays are first place. I thought the Jays are the, the, the team to beat in the division. And then the Yankees and Rays were close second, third. I really thought, like, so far I think the Rays are about where I thought they would be, where I expect them to be. The Jays are a bit behind, and the, the Yankees are a bit ahead. So, like you said, too, the Red Sox, yeah. unbelievably bad. I don't know how they're so bad. I thought they were going to be a respectable team. I didn't think they were going to win the division or anything, but – I expected them to be fourth place with a good record. So I think things would shift as well. Like uh, you guys were saying, the Yankees not only have played a bunch of games against the Orioles, but they played Kansas City, Cleveland. I know we played Cleveland poorly, but the Yankees the have played a lot of bad teams, mm. not just one. So, and, and they played us and they beat us pretty good. We're playing about as bad as I expect us to play all year. And I think the Jays got, I know they actually pitched well, but they got guys like Stripling and Kikuchi at least four or five times. I feel like every time we see them, it's like Stripling, Manoa, Kikuchi is, is the, is our three game pitchers. Like every time we play them, they haven't seen our, our top guys very often. So I feel like the Yankees have been, they've been playing great, but I've also think they've had a little bit of fortune as well. Yeah. With their schedule. Yeah. I remember we, we, we won the early series against them, didn't we? It was only the, the latter one that uh, we split it two and two. Oh, split it. Yeah, you're right. It was, it was a four game series. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I think, you know, in that early game, they, they performed very well. Uh, and it felt like we were on par with, with where the Yankees at, but I think, yeah, as you say, the, the opposition that they've had recently has helped their cause. And I think, you know, vice versa it's not been so easy for ourselves in terms of the mariners sorry go on i was gonna say i think I, i'm sure i heard today okay. that the yankees started the season five and five and since then i've gone was it 20 and four like mm -hmm. that i mean that's mighty impressive but nobody keeps that up they're not going to keep up anything near that no you know that's very much like riding the crest and then they'll come back down to where they where they are and I don't mean that in a negative way but like we're all going to have points where we're really high and really low and stuff and as Mark was saying like realistically it's somewhere in between them where where you actually sit yeah 
yeah. Of course, the Astros have had a phenomenal run as well. Um, so yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it was just uh, we took a, we did well against the Astros. Yeah, yeah, very, very much so. I think the Astros are better than the Yankees. Yeah, by the end of the year, I think they will be. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think like if we just look again at that June seventeenth as kind of like a reevaluation point with the Yankees come back to town, uh, we do have that soft stretch of like 13 games immediately before they come to town, but kind of a tough stretch over the next two weeks, the Yankees don't have a tough schedule for the next month. Still like uh, just looking here, they've got four against the Orioles this week, then the white Sox for three, another three against the Orioles. Then they do get some tough games against the Rays and the angels. But then uh, on the other side of that, it's back to the tigers, the twins and the Cubs for another nine games. So, we're going to make up a little bit of ground at the start of June, but I don't think too much. Um, but yeah, they're going to take care of business against those easy teams, and that's what we need to do as well. So I'd love to see the Yankees' August-September schedule then, if that's how they're playing now. Yeah, the backside of the All-Star break uh, definitely toughens up for the Yankees. So yeah, And we play three series in the last month against uh, Baltimore. In September? Yeah, September, October. Like our very last oh, series nice. is against is actually against the Orioles. Yeah. The last series nice. of the season. You just want to be in touching distance, don't you? You don't want to be too far exactly. out at that point, leaving it to the last minute to scrape exactly. up. Am I not right in saying seeing in twenty fifteen at the trade deadline were we not about seven games behind the Yankees at the deadline and won it with a few games to spare? Yeah. Sure it was something like that. We were way behind and that's obviously another yeah however long down the line or two months down the line or whatever but yeah no need to panic we're fine we're all good <laughs> big danny's back that's it <laughs> excellent daniel how do you see the mariners series playing out uh no Robbie Ray, of course coming uh i think no he's uh, not he's i think i don't think he's vaccinated is he no no uh he's, they were saying he's not there's he's not even going to be in canada he's not even no. going to be you know for the game so he's the he's irony not the border. um so that must have been the reason they went with Cosman over him, then it could have it would have been a key factor, yeah, yeah. 100%. So, thank, thank you, you for thank that you, vaccination game. or non vaccination. <laughs> for that. Yeah. Um, I, it's a chance to reset, isn't it? You know, back home, roof open, chance to, to get hot. You've got to feel reasonably confident. They have a losing record, I think, at the moment. Marin so, um, you know, let's let's go for it. I would, I would be confident of a, of a series victory. Um, I just think I, I. You don't want to rely on the pitching being as good as it has been without any support for much longer, do you? Because the pitchers are going to be allowed an off day every now and again too. Yeah. Um, so I think roof open, hit the ball out of the park. Let's do it. Mariners closer is also not vaccinated and not coming nice. to Toronto. Oh, interesting. As yeah. well, and they had to call a guy up from AAA for that. So yeah. Well, how was Ray allowed to pitch for us last year? Last year. I mean, that's a different yeah, the, topic, that but that's weird exemption rule yeah it's different rules like yeah. the canadian government had a national interest entertainment exemption or something like that we do not okay we do not it's still be working here. through vaccinations for the most of the last year as well or obviously the same half when they were actually back but mm. they probably couldn't they probably couldn't have really people hadn't had the chance to be vaccinated which know. is of course not the case now yeah it's it's, it's a decision uh and of course the other end of this week, uh, we've got the Reds coming through town. And, of course, they had uh, 
a very spurious result yes was it yesterday uh so a no hitter but they still end up losing the game only the reds yeah i mean they are spectacularly a long long way behind so that hopefully will be a good good series uh for us as well elizabeth how are you feeling for this week out of the six home games what record are you looking for six six and oh baby (laughs) go for the sweep Yes, I'm here for the bold it, predictions. You know me. I'm yes, all about the bold predictions. Absolutely. absolutely. And we forget them by the following Six and week. Oh, kick everybody's butt. Yeah. Score all the runs. Embarrass everybody. Bro, this will be, hey, remember that first show we did? Maybe this will be, tonight will be Kikuchi's no-hitter. Yes. Bring it on. <laughs> Bring it on. Daniel, where, where have you, for the six games, what's your hope? I'm, I'm not, I'll go five and one. There'll be one game where it's, you know, it's nil-nil in the seventh and then we mess up one innings just to keep it going. But other than that, yeah, five and one. Very good. Mark, how's your thoughts for this week? I, I've lost a little confidence the last couple of weeks. I think four and two would be the minimum yeah. we have to do without getting, without being disappointed. Um. So I'm going to go with four and two. I think I think we'll lose one in each series. Very good, David. What's your thoughts for the week? Uh, yeah, I think the Mariners are maybe better than a lot of people think. But yeah, if we can get a win, a win and record through it, and hopefully, I mean, more importantly than the win and record for me would be start getting some hits. Do you know, Stephen? If we have even if we were three and three and we have three games where we we blow them out of the water, like I think in some ways that might be better just to get a bit of confidence going and momentum going. Yeah. Moving forward. But I would settle for six and oh as well. That would be fine. <laughs> You'd settle for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At a push. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Uh, Adam, what's your thoughts for the uh, for the home stand? Uh I mean, I'd like to see us beat the Mariners. Uh Two out of three games there. Got to sweep the Reds. Got to take all three games there. Yeah. Um, I'm going to just project for the next two weeks because I'm not going to be here next week. But okay. uh, I think two and one against the Mariners. We're going to sweep the Reds 3-0. and oh, Split the Cardinals. That's a two-game series. So go one and one there. Angels are probably going to beat us. So if we can take one game from the Angels and go one and three, I'm satisfied. And then one and two against the uh, White Sox. And that gets us to the easy part of our schedule. But if we can go eight and seven over the next two weeks, I'll be happy. But we got to inflate our schedule a little bit against teams like the Reds. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think I think that's this this week is really key for me. we got to turn our fortunes around. We had such a great start to the season and we've just got into this horrible rut of losing series. And I just, I think particularly for the Mariners, I think we can get two, two out of those three, get ourselves back on a winning stead. And if we this... if we go through these next six games, uh, four wins and two losses, I hope all three wins still come against the Reds. I'd, I'd rather spank the Reds and take care of business there than and then just have like a, a couple tough outings against the Mariners if they're going to play scrappy. But I I don't want to see us donating victories to the Reds. I do not want to see that. No. Even while we're struggling, we, yep. we can't be doing that. Yep. Not against the Reds. Yep. And hopefully it'll bring a bit of confidence back to the team as well. You know, exactly. you know, we haven't had really any 
major victory. I think there's coming, was it 6-1? I think perhaps was one of the biggest wins we had, something yeah. like that. So there's been nothing like we had last year where we just absolutely steamrolled the other team. Uh, and as, as, yeah, I hope that happens against the, um, uh, the Cincinnati in terms of that series that we get some big wins, get the bats going, get some confidence back in the team, get the jacket flowing up and down the dugout, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> you know, we, we we need that. Guys, thank you so much for your time this evening. Uh, always you, great Steve. to catch up. Um, Adam, particularly, thank you so much for dialing in and being with us. Just, just remind anybody who's listening in just where they can find you guys. Uh, we are the Walk Off Podcast. Uh, we go probably four times a week on YouTube, Spotify, all those places. Uh, we do new shows. We do roundtables similar to this every uh, Sunday night with other content creators. Uh, we do interviews similar to, to what you're doing there with like Jeff and, with Barker and Blair there. Uh, that was a good get. Um, yeah. Check us out. Thank you. Four times a week. I'm very impressed. I, I don't know how you guys managed to find the time to, <laughs> <laughs> to do it, but it is brilliant stuff. So um, going for and you're particularly on YouTube, aren't you? I know you've got a, a massive following on YouTube. Yeah, YouTube is definitely our primary place. So all yeah. of our podcasts are video just like this. So very good. Excellent. Great to have you. David, what's you. your week look like? Anything exciting happening up in your world? Um no. No, no. I'm uh, I'm working this Saturday night. I'm playing at a wedding this Saturday night for Very the nice. first time in a while. That's my second one post COVID lockdowns and all that. But Very good. That's it. Excellent. Good stuff. Uh, Mark, how's your week looking? I'm going to leave here and take off to play some ball. And yes. The rest of the week, I hope to be just uh, sitting at home or in a pub somewhere watching the Jays actually hit some home runs. Very good. Score some runs and win some games. So just tell us who you play for. I play for just a men's uh, beer league called the Diamond Kings. The Diamond Kings. That sounds like Dave's band. Uh, yeah, they are. Diamond Kings. Very good. The Diamond Kings, yeah. And you is that in London you play or is it outside the city? Well, it's in Dorchester, which is five minutes outside of London. Dorchester. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. That's... We have a Dorchester literally 20 miles down the road from us here as well. So there you Yeah, go. we stole all of our names from I was going to say, <laughs> you're not uh, careful. We've got London. The there's, there's a Thames River here in London. There's, uh, it's not as big as yours. We've yeah. got, you know, Wellington and Windsor and all these names that we all stole from, from England. Hamilton's right beside me. It's five minutes down the road from me. Like yeah, it. it's an hour away from here. Yeah. And and you've got a Covent Garden as well as in London, haven't you? There's a there's a market that they call the Covent Garden Market. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so original, isn't it? Hundred <laughs> percent. There's a lot more. We could we could we could do a whole hour podcast with just just naming locations around me that we stole from <laughs> England. I don't think we have an Edmonton, and I don't think we have a Toronto in this country. So uh, you guys are safe, but uh, otherwise, I think there are a lot of names. Certainly, Daniel, uh, how's your week looking? So right. I think if the Diamond Kings were playing in our London, it'd be the Diamond Geezers, wouldn't they? Yes. <laughs> um, it's all about it's the it's the Queen's Jubilee um, yes. coming up soon. So in a lot of schools up and down, it's all about getting our picnics ready and learning our songs and and all that sort of stuff. So it's, that's quite a nice little thing to be cracking on with this week. Very good, excellent. And we're all, of course, very jealous of Elizabeth, who is just about to pack all our summer gear and head south. 
Uh, how long are you away for? Um, just until Sunday. So I'm actually going down to Florida to visit some family. My niece is graduating from high school, which is super awkward because I was only in high school five years ago myself. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to go. Which high school was that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> actually, Waterloo Oxford District Secondary School. Oh, there you go. Another one. In in Baden. Do you have a Baden over there? I uh, don't think so. When, uh, you know, my knowledge of UK towns and villages is probably a bit limited, but uh, it's not one I recognise. Uh, Daniel, any any guesses? No, I just I immediately thought Lord Baden Powell and um, no. the Scouts, and maybe Scouts. it was something something to do with that and jamborees and things like that. But yeah, <laughs> but Very yeah, cool. so I'm going. I'm actually it's it's not just a go down to Florida and lie on the beach with a drink in my hand the entire time. It is family down there i'm hoping to get to a beach but they are pretty far inland so we'll see what the what the schedule allows for very nice we'll have a have a good time guys thanks my my week uh yeah i think uh pretty pretty normal hopefully no more police incidents uh coming coming (laughs) coming my way uh yeah no i've got no pods lined up this week which actually is quite nice because i've done a whole run recently and so not to actually have one lined up i am i am working on ben nicholson smith at the moment so ben if you ever listen into this please we'd love to chat to you um so yeah try, trying to get him and uh, i've got a couple others that i'm just putting a few feelers out to as well so um we shall see whether we land those i, I every time i seem to land somebody that just prior to me recording it i see that that guest is on the walk-off podcast that's happened to me about three times now it's just like they get in there every time so there that's we a home field advantage yeah Canada. yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally yeah yeah when i tell them the, what the time difference is it's like oh right okay that's really complicated but um there we are it's all good fun guys thanks so much great to see you we of course will be back uh hopefully next week without any technical issues uh but whatever you're doing keep safe and we'll see you soon take care now bye-bye The Red, White and Blue Jays podcast is a production of Blue Jays Fans UK. If you've got a Blue Jays story to share, let us know. Email us at bluejaysfansuk at gmail.com. And follow along on Twitter and Instagram at bluejaysfansuk. I'm your announcer, Jim Langton. Thanks for listening.